welcome to the Blossom Your Awesome Podcast, episode number 21. Today on the show, we have got Amy Gray Cunningham. She is an intuitive healer and an Akashic Records practitioner, and she has an incredible story of being divinely guided to give one of her kidneys to a complete stranger. Now, if this is not just out of this world remarkable, I don't know what is. I am so moved and touched by her story, and I am so honored and delighted to have her here with us today, sharing her insights and wisdom. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. How are you? I am well. How are you? I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much. I am just so excited to get into this uh, with you. Your story is truly so remarkable. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I think I, everybody has a backstory and everybody has an awesome story to tell. So uh, I, I, I don't feel I'm any different, but I do love sharing my story and hopefully it makes a difference and impacts somebody else. So that is my, my, my hope in life. Oh, that is awesome. Now, so Amy, I'm going to say we kind of jump right in. Can you give me a little bit of your background and how you got into this work? I know you're an intuitive, you work with Akashic Records. So just what led you there, how you um, got here? Oh, let's see. Well, I've kind of, I've been on a spiritual journey now for many years and it's it's grown and blossomed um, really over the past maybe five to ten years. Well, a little bit longer than that, but um, it's hard to really explain a specific moment in time when it really happened. I mean, I know that growing up, I always felt really different than people. And I never felt like I fit in anywhere. I kind of felt like a, you know, um, one of those round pegs in a square hole or a square peg in a round hole. Never quite felt like, um, like I, I felt normal in my skin, if that makes any sense to anybody. And I, and I, and it was like one of those things, you know, if, if, if God was handing out the book of life and how to, how to make this life, um, an interesting life. I was obviously skipping class that day because I just did not get it, whatever it was. And it seemed like everybody in the world seemed to get it, but me, and I just didn't know what it was. So I just kind of fumbled around. And then one day it just, I just started praying and things just kind of unfolded. And for me, it was actually the birth of my son when I realized what unconditional love was when I actually loved somebody for just being the soul that they are. And he, I remember the day, day after he was born, I just kind of looked at him and I had no idea what to do with this, this little guy. And I told him, I said, well, it's just you and I here, kiddo. And, um, you know, you have to kind of bear with me because I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> so if you can 
just hang with me. We'll, we'll muddle through this together. And I kind of gave him a little fist bump and we've just, we kind of went on this journey together. And I just knew that I wanted more for him than what I wanted for myself. If hopefully that makes sense. And so that kind of started me on my, on, on my spiritual journey and learning to pray was the biggest thing, which turned into meditating. And one day I heard this voice out of the middle of nowhere, tell me that I would be the one to give a life-saving kidney to somebody whom I never met. And I really thought that I had lost my flipping mind. (laughs) I looked around the kitchen and I thought, okay, you know, where did that come from? And all righty. I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. And I must be out of my mind. And I really thought that, um, you know, my husband was probably going to lock me up. And of course I didn't tell anybody at that time what had happened because that was just way over the edge for me. And eventually it was, that was in January of, let's see, was this 2021? It was 2011 or 2011, 2011. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2011. And we, I, I ended up being a one in 20 million match. We were such a close match. We should have been siblings and I had never met him before. And it's kind of funny. My brother and sister used to tell me I was the milkman's baby because uh, I didn't look like them, didn't act like them. And so they were like, see, we told you, you were right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay. So a few more details on this. Um, So how, so you receive this voice telling you that you are to donate one of your kidneys. I mean, this is truly remarkable, Amy. This is not like other people's stories. I mean, I know we all have our own unique story, but this is just so beyond imaginable. And now how do you figure out, and do they give you other details? How do you know who this stranger were to find this person? He, well, actually my husband, he was telling me he was on Facebook and uh, David's sister, the guy that I donated a kidney to had posted a, a Facebook page, created a Facebook page. She was in desperation. Her brother was dying and she and her brother, her older brother were not a match for David and neither was anyone in their family. And so she was on a search and she was bound and determined to find a match for her brother. And so she created this Facebook page and it was one of the very first Facebook pages that were, that was created for finding living donors. Mm. And I didn't even know that you could give body parts away while you were alive. I knew that you could donate after you had passed, but I did not know that that was something that you could do while living. So it was completely foreign to me. I had absolutely no clue. So my husband and I, he was telling me about this girl, Jennifer from high school, my husband and I dated in high school. And I was like, you know, I had no clue who she was. I didn't remember her anyway, but come to find out I did know her, but I just didn't remember her. And, um, he was also friends with both David and Randy, the older brother. And I remember looking at my, you know, telling my husband, I was in the kitchen and he was in the living room at the time. And I told him, I said, well, I really hope somebody steps up to help this man because I really felt a lot of compassion for him because he was dying and he had two young girls and I knew what it was like to lose a father. My father had passed in 2006 
And I knew that pain and I really didn't want his girls to go through that. And that's when I heard the voice tell me that I would be the one to give this kidney to David. And, um, and after that, it was, it was like, there was this pull in my heart to, to find out more. So I kept saying, okay, God, if this is something you want me to do, you're going to have to give me a really big sign. I mean, like a billboard sign with neon letters saying this is the way to go because mm-hmm. trying to get my husband on board with this one is going to be an interesting one. And it just so happened that I found out what my blood type was. And I had, you know, I had no clue what my blood type was for 30 something on 40 something odd years. And, uh, I had literally just found out that I was O positive, like not too long before that. And um, then Jennifer posted on face on that Facebook feed. I kept going on my husband's Facebook to check to see more information about what was going on. And um, she had posted that he David was O positive as well. So for me, that was a huge red uh, red flag or big neon sign saying, "Okay, this is the way you should go." Mm-hmm. So I sat down with my husband one night at dinner and I was like, honey, I've been thinking. <laughs> and he was like, oh no, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, wow. that usually means I'm going shopping or money or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this time, honey, I'm giving away a body part, by the way. <laughs> wow. So, um, yes. And that, that started on this journey and I just knew I would be the one to donate. And, um, it was, it was a miraculous journey. And actually, you know, I went through all the whole process. I actually wrote a book about it. It's called daring to believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it chronicles the journey and it's, it's kind of a, it's a romance between my husband and I as well. And, uh, it talks about, cause there really wasn't a whole lot of books out at the time about being a kidney donor and what that meant for the donor. And the books that were out at the time were very dry or very clinical. And I'm a reader an avid reader and I needed to have a book. So I ended up writing a book about it as well. Wow. Um, Now, I just want to say, Amy, I am like so touched and moved by your profundity because you are one in a million. I don't even know what those odds are because this is not normal. Like people would not just do this so freely. So that is just makes you so remarkable and wow. Well, wow. thank you. To be honest with you, I'm not. There are a lot of people who who donate. There's, from my understanding uh, of the organ donations, there's only seven percent of living donors that actually donate. Most of them are usually family members, and it does take a lot of courage to donate, but mm-hmm. just to give a plug for it. I have not had any problems, issues, any medical, anything from donating the kidney. And actually, I mean, my one kidney functions better than somebody with two kidneys for the most part. And my lifestyle really hasn't changed. And you don't have to give up drinking wine. So that was a good thing. (laughs) That was one of my very first questions is to (laughs) 
that. Um, Now, let me ask you. So when, you know, you received this information and then I understand that you were one in 20 million match, which is just astounding, right? Those odds. So does that in that moment kind of affirm your journey and your, this other intuitive awareness as an intuitive and then you know, kind of beyond. So what, what was that moment? Like, did that, was that affirmation for you or? It was. And actually during the the process, and I talk about it in the book as well, I was actually approved. And when you go through the donation process, you have a team of doctors, huge team of doctors that consists of, you know, social workers and doctors and anesthesiologists. And I mean, just a whole host of different doctors that work on your team. And then there's a whole host of doctors that work on the donors or the the recipients team. And both teams have to approve the donation in order for the donation to move forward. And I was approved by my team, but I was denied by David's doctors and David's team because I had an an abnormal kidneys abnormality in my kidneys and both of my kidneys at the top of both of my kidneys, I had a small artery and it was a major or major artery that fed into both of my kidneys. And normally it only, if it, if there is a second one, it's only on one kidney, but mine was on both kidneys. So David's um, transplant doctor was afraid he would not be able to reattach that second artery. And if he wasn't able to would David receive a hundred percent flow to that kidney? Mm-hmm. So he denied me. And that was on a Friday afternoon. I received that information. And I remember sitting in the parking lot at work as I had taken the call outside receiving that information from my caseworker. And I mean, I was totally devastated because I honestly believed that I was the one to donate to David and I remember asked, asking my caseworker, well, will this keep me from donating to other people if, you know, maybe I needed, you know, there was other things we could do, maybe, you know, a, a bigger, you know, another transplant doctor would, would be okay with it or, you know, something. And um, she said, well, let's, let's get through the weekend and we'll, we'll see what we can do. And um, that following Monday, there was a healing service at my church that Jennifer and I went to her David's sister and David was supposed to go, but he was too sick and he couldn't make it. And um, we had people pray over Jennifer and I, and it was, it was one of the most amazing spiritual experiences I ever had, because it was like the entire room was just, it's hard to explain. It was like filled with angelic light. Mm. And I don't remember a whole lot of what was said or what happened even so much as the feeling of complete and utter surrender and peace. And I knew what I knew the doctor was going to change his mind. I Mm -hmm. knew it. We left out of there. And on Wednesday, I got a call saying the doctor had changed his mind and we were going into surgery. And two weeks later, he went into surgery. So, um, you know, it just, I just, it was just a feeling. 
and um, David to this day, I mean, he, he's perfectly healthy. He's a grandfather now, um, you wow. know, he's able to walk both his daughters down the aisle and, um, you know, his, he's still married to his wife who he's been married to since they were in high school. Um, you know, so there's, there's a lot that he has been able to experience over the past 10 years that he would not have been able to, had I decided to say no. Wow. Which was, was definitely an option, but I, there was such a huge pull for me to do that, that I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, wow. and, and now, that, oops, uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, and that opened up doors to so many other things after I saying yes to that. I mean, literally, uh, my life has changed considerably with intuitively, um, my, the doors have opened up. I learned, I've learned to meditate and how to connect with spirit and how to, uh, I, I go into the Akashic records and, and it's, it's interesting because the Akashic records just also fell into my lap. Um, and it's one of those where, you know, how you, how sometimes things just keep popping up over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And hmm, maybe that's something I need to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was something that kept popping up over and over again. And I'm like, you know, what exactly is this Akashic record thing? And for those who who don't know what the Akashic records are, it's basically the book of life. And so, you know, when I ask, you know, when God gave out the book of life to people, there really is a book of life <laughs> and everybody has one and everybody has access to it, but not a lot of people know one, how to access it or to, you know, if what they're hearing is correct or, I mean, it's, 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 it's a very interesting phenomena that happens when you go into the records. It's a kind of an all-knowing and all-encompassing. Um, and everything in this world is energy. Um, and scientifically, I mean, we can go in and get very scientific about it, but I won't do that right now. And there's, it's kind of like, you know, with the internet, you can't necessarily see the internet. Actually, you can't see the internet at all, but you know that when you click on your computer and you, you know, you click on the Google icon that you're going to automatically connect to Google and you can type in your question and you're going to get a response back. It's the exact same way with the Akashic records. You click on the the icon for the Akashic records, you type type in your question and you just know that you're going to get the answer back. It's that simple because it's all energy. Um, If that make, I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's really that, that simple and that easy. And a lot of people are like, well, it can't be that simple. It's gotta be a whole lot more complicated. I'm like, well, you can make it complicated if you want to. It's very, but it's really actually very simple. And now with your Akashic records work, so that came up for you after donating the kidney, after that kind of. uh, That came up, that came up about six or seven years ago. um, And I started dabbling in it and then I would walk away from it. And I got into, I started doing Reiki and I got into some of that and I would, um, 
Uh, I always continued meditating. That's the one thing that has been the constant since my son was born 26 years ago. And it, the meditation has changed quite a bit over the years from simple prayers to actually um, sitting in silence to where I could silence my mind. And now I, act, I, I can actually almost even, it's almost like leaving my body for the most part. Mm. Uh, God gave us an imagination which is, it's really kind of cool. And people don't realize that our imagination is, it, it connects us to other realms. And when we start believing in these other realms and this, the, the other, the other um, uh, spirits and, and things, it really opens us up to a completely different world. And the Akashic records actually live there. And if you think about it, if you take a piece of paper, just a blank piece of paper, and you hold this piece of paper up in front of your face, everything that you see in front of that paper, I mean, you, 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 you see, and you can, you know, you look to the side, you can see everything to the side, and you can see everything below, you can see everything above, that's the world that you live in. And then you can kind of see past that piece of paper just a little bit into the like the veil on the other side. But you can still hear the car coming down the street on the other side of that paper. You could still, you know, maybe even hear the person walking by on that other side of the paper. Um, and it's it's the same with 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 the, the other side, the, with the veil. It's a very thin um, piece of paper that really separates us from this physical third dimensional earth plane and the spiritual world. And it's all energy. We're all energy. We're first spirit. Our, we're here as a spirit having a human experience to experience ourselves as divine. And that is one of the things that I firmly believe and I've come to believe over the past 26 27 years of, of trying to awaken to this so-called world is that really what we're going through is more of a, it, it's like a play or a stage. And we really get to write the play. We get to make the decisions and the choices. And I tell a lot of my clients that I work with, if you're looking in the mirror, everything that you see staring back at you is a result of all the choices, thoughts, and decisions that you've made in the past that lead you to this particular moment in time. And everything that you think, do, and say in this particular moment affects your future life, the future person that you want to be. So in this moment, this person looking right back at you in this mirror, you have the past, present, and the future all right there. Mm. So what is? how do you want to change it? What is it that you want to be? And you can create anything that you want to create because you've created the person that's looking back at you. You've created the life you're living. Now, for people who uh, this may be a little foreign to, and you Mm -hmm. say, you know, we're all um, divine. So how do we tap in to that divinity? Do you have some kind of actionable tips or some insights on how someone who's not uh, been doing this work, how they can start with that? 
start by quieting the mind. We are, we are not our thoughts. We are not our thoughts, but our thoughts create our actions. So if we can quiet the mind and really sense who it is that's watching and who it is that's experiencing those thoughts, that's where the real miracles start to come into play. So by, you know, and you can find different meditations on YouTube and, um, you know, um, you can download uh, meditations from just about anybody that does that does meditations. But for me, even if you take five minutes and just follow your breath, because the breath, you know, God breathed, breathe life into the souls of people into into our souls, our souls are made from the breath of God. And the breath is our energy. And if you can literally just sit, sometimes I even light a candle and I'll just watch the candle, uh, the flame on the candle and just look at the flame and I'll, 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 I'll focus on my breath and I'll breathe in and I'll breathe in and I'll imagine the breath going all the way in through my nose and then down into the bottom of my belly. And then I hold it and then I breathe it back out. And literally I breathe in the light and love of God. And I do that for five minutes, 10 minutes. And just by focusing on that candle, it takes that monkey mind, that monkey brain, and it calms it down and it slows the thoughts down. The miracle happens in that silence between the thoughts. Mm, I love that. Wow. Um, now, and once we can, sorry, continue. Well, once we can just start to, to settle into that silence for just a little bit, that's when, that's when we can start hearing our, the voice of God. That's when we can start hearing our spirit guides. That's when we can start hearing our own higher self, um, our divinity. And so now for you personally, and I've experienced this myself, you know, that quieting the mind in this way, it, so for you, it's obviously kind of opened the gateway to these other dimensions and being heightened your intuitive awareness, correct? Yes. Yes. And actually, to be completely honest with you, um, it wasn't until this year, um, when my husband passed in June that when things really started opening up for me, um, and that I know probably even sounds even more bizarre and weird. How can the passing of someone that you love so much open up your intuitive abilities, but actually hearing him experiencing him in spirit has opened up my spirit in more ways than I can possibly even begin to explain or communicate to anybody because I have come to find out there is no death. Our souls continue on. Our souls live. We are the souls of uh, our bodies carry these, the soul within us. 
we are, our bodies are the armor that allows us to experience this physical world. And it's kind of like a, a car when we're, when we're born, we, we get this brand new car <laughs> and we, and, you know, and, and, and eventually the car, you know, after several years, the car starts to wear down and wear down, you know, and you go and you get, you know, some shots or whatever, and you get an oil change done and, you know, you keep on, you know, maintaining and you keep going, but eventually the car wears out and you have to give it up. But that doesn't mean that you're any different than you were when you were driving that Mercedes, you know, you're still you and you're still that soul when you discard this physical body. And I believe when my husband passed, he closed his eyes in this world and he woke up in the spirit world and I still communicate with him and I still hear him and I still feel him. And I still have a relationship with him. And I've, I've heard from my grandma. There's just, like I said, that veil is so thin and within it's within the Akashic records, we're able to see different perspectives and different ways of looking at things that open up our minds and open up our awareness. And every person that's on this planet is here for a particular reason. We all have different experiences. We all have different viewpoints. We all have, we all come from different walks of life and our realities are so real for all of us, which is perfectly perfect. I say, (laughs) and thank God that our realities are our realities because that's what makes us unique. And we're here to experience those realities and we're here to experience and evolve and to grow and to share and to feel and all of those wonderful things. And then we take it back into the spirit world. And, you know, this lifetime is only but a blink of an eye. And, you know, then we get to do it over again if we choose. I don't know if I'm going to come back again, but, (laughs) but, you know, and it's like, if you think about, you know, like, and I don't know, uh, um, a culture in Africa somewhere where they're secluded and they don't have internet and they don't have, you know, running water and they don't have vehicles and, you know, and then one day um, a car comes up into their, their village and they're like, oh my God. And then they see an iPhone that, you know, and they're like, what is this? How do you use this? And it's, you know, they've never seen an iPhone before and they look at it and they're like, it's totally foreign to them. But did that make the iPhone any less real? Does that, you know, does that make sense? It, it it's, no, it's no less real. It's just that it wasn't in their sphere of reality at that particular point in time. So who knows what's going to enter into my reality tomorrow? Who knows what's going to enter into our sphere? And so I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's, that's the way I see the Akashic records. Now it's kind of like, you know, if I have a problem or 
I'm feeling a certain way. I go into the records and it's like I'm elevated. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I'm on this, on the, in the forest and I can't see past the trees. And then I go into the records and it's like my spirit guides kind of lift me up out of the, the forest and I can see all the different pathways and all the different ways to get out of the forest. And it doesn't mean that one pathway is better than another pathway. It's just a different experience and a different way to experience myself. So it's, you know, which way do I want to go? Do I want to go down this pathway? That means this experience or go down this pathway. That means this experience, it all leads out of the forest. I I get to the same place, but which one do I want to go down? And so I can kind of see in the records how each path leads out. Wow. So now I have to look at my records. Um, Amy, tell, tell me, or help us understand. So are you trained in this or how exactly does this work? Can anyone just access them? If so, where do we go? Or do we need someone like you to kind of help facilitate this? Anybody can access their own records. Um, I actually have learned how to do it for other people as well. Not everybody will believe what they get. Let's put it that way. Um, because they, that the monkey mind, the monkey brain will get in the way and we will second guess. We will doubt. We will, um, not believe what we hear. And that's the human part of us. And that's completely okay. I actually teach people how to read their own records as well. Actually, I have a a training coming up this Saturday on how to do that. And I also teach people how to meet their own spirit guides and how to go into the records. I have a very specific way that I do it. I know like Linda Howe, um, I've, I've read a lot of her books and she's, I mean, she's amazing when it comes to going into how to go into record, into the records, but it's really, it's like a shift in consciousness more than anything. And it's almost like flipping on, on the light switch. And once you learn how to flip that light switch on, it's very hard to, to flip it back off again. And once, once you get it, you get it. Um, it's, and it's not hard. It's very easy. And actually everybody goes into the Akashic records at night. Everybody does. Um, when you go to sleep at night, you actually go into the Akashic records and you do a download of everything that's happened that day. And it's one of the reasons why, if you don't get enough sleep at night, you start to feel it physically Mm -hmm. because your body has to rest. Number one. And number two, your soul has to go into the records. Your soul has to rejuvenate and it has to release everything. And it goes into the records and you have your guides that watch over everything. Um, And then at the end of your end of your life cycle, during this lifetime, you go into the records as well. And you go through a life review of everything that's happened. Um, and there's gatekeepers and I mean, there's, there's a lot more that goes into it, but that's kind of the simplistic, uh, viewpoint of it. Um, but everybody has rec- access to their own records. Yes. Wow. Now I'm going to, uh, you and I are going to have a little, uh, deeper exchange about this when we're done here. Cause I want to know about the training, but what is it, 
you know, so it seems just based on what you're sharing and your knowledge and wisdom, we're kind of living on the periphery if we're not tapping into this uh, wisdom, right, of the records. Yes, yes. And I mean, a lot of people tap into it in different ways, like um, right, people who do Reiki, they tap into it. Massage therapists can actually tap into it. Um, mediums and people who are very intuitive tap into it and they don't realize that they're tapping into the records, um, but they actually are. And sometimes even, um, I don't know if you've ever had like a deja vu moment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your soul is actually tapping into the, the records that particular moment in time when you're having a deja vu moment, because you're remembering a past life or you're remembering something that you know, a spirit guide has told you in a dream or um, that you needed to know for that particular moment in time to help you get through whatever you're going through. Um, That's what a deja vu moment is all about. And um, which is kind of cool because sometimes you don't even know you're tapping into it. It's just so intuitive because it's all, it's about, it's who we are at soul level. I mean, we're spirit, we are spirit and it's, it's part of who we are and it's our divine right. And, um, and the only thing is, is that I can't, I can't go into your records without your permission. It's kind of, I mean, there's a firewall up and it's a very good firewall. Um, so nobody can actually get into anybody else's records without their, their soul's permission to do so. It's very well guarded. Um, and actually, I don't know, um, if anybody's heard of, uh, Archangel Metatron, but he's kind of, he is the, um, the Archangel that, uh, that guards the, um, the book of life or the, um, the Akashic records. Wow. This is just truly mind blowing. Now, you know, I'm actually a Reiki master and I do receive information and much like you're saying, so perhaps I, it sounds like I've been tapping into the records, but not even knowing, you know, that that's what's happening. Yep. You have been exactly right. There's a shift that happens when you tap into the records. And actually when you're, when you're doing Reiki, there is a shift that happens and you're actually tapping into that, into that, um, into that, those records. Um, and the, the downloads that you receive when you're doing the energy healing, um, that's coming from the records. And now do you find that the more we kind of open ourselves up to this, the more we receive essentially, right? Is that Oh yeah, definitely. The more open we are and the more we surrender to spirit, the more that we will receive. And it's, it's anything like, I mean, it's the law of attraction, whatever we give, we get. So if we're, if we're giving fear, we're going to get fear. If we're giving love, we're going to get love. If we're opening ourselves up, we're going to receive a whole lot more. If we're closing ourselves down, we're not going to receive a whole lot. Um, so the more open that we can be and the more that we, the more, the way that we choose our words as well, I always, uh, I tell the people that I work with should, would, could, um, can't not have all those are ego words and, you know, to throw those away. 
I should be doing this. I feel like I need to have this. Why can't I have that? Um, you know, why, why am I not feeling this, you know, oh, I've got this bill coming in today. Why, you know, uh, I've got to pay this bill today. Instead of looking at the lack, look at what you have and how you're blessing somebody else. When I sit down to eat, I'm always very thankful for the food, not just the food that I've prepared, but the people that have sent it to me, you know, especially nowadays, you know, thanking the truck drivers that are bringing it because we're having supposedly a lack of truck drivers. Well, we thank the truck drivers that are out there doing the work. (laughs) (laughs) And, and we, you know, we thank the, the farmers out there who are making the food and the animals are, uh, and, and, you know, and, and when we, when, when we come from a place of complete love and gratitude and we feel it from within our heart and within our solar plexus, and we give that out to the world, we're going to get that back. And so when we go to write that check for the power bill and we say, thank you for all the people who, you know, helped keep my house warm when it's, you know, 30 degrees out or help cool my house down when it's hundred degrees outside, or, you know, thank you that I have a house, you know, roof over my head. And thank you for the people who helped build this house. And just all, you know, just coming from a state of gratitude, it's, it's amazing the things that we will receive back. Wow. Um, Amy, now in closing, for people who really need to hear it, who are maybe, um, you know, not necessarily open to this, but stuck. And uh, what are some powerful insights or powerful words, closing thoughts you can leave us with? It will get better. Life is all about experiencing. We are the creators of our own reality and our own divinity. And I think the power comes when we accept that responsibility, when we accept the power of our own divinity and we can fully step into our authority of being that creator. We are made in the image of God. We are given divine rights as creators to create the life that we want to create. And it's up to us by taking the action and by doing the footwork and by the attitudes that we put out there and by the love that we show other people, by the love that we show ourselves, little by little things start to change. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. And the more that we stay open to the miracles and to the signs into the direction of spirits from the other side, the more our life is going to just blossom. And Uh, yes, Uh please continue. (laughs) (laughs) So that, I mean, that would be my, my only, my suggestion to people who are feeling stuck right now or feeling lost because I've been there and I've been the one that felt 
like nobody cared. I, I remember sitting at um, a stoplight wondering if anybody actually saw me and if I pulled out into the middle of the street, but anybody actually see my car because that's how invisible I felt. And I just didn't feel real or feel loved. And until I could actually start loving myself. And even that, um, it took a while, but just being open to receiving guidance from spirit because we are to we're here to be joy we are here to be joyous oh, i love that that was so beautiful and uh profound i just thank you so much for your wisdom and light and um would love to revisit this at some point i would love to too and thank you so much for having me on and for allowing me to share and 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 be a part of this wonderful journey i just i love being here so thank you oh you're welcome thank you so much